Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Double Take. You might have just listened to our 15th episode. Maybe you didn't. We thought it makes sense to split these two episodes up because we had a Super Bowl and we had the NBA trade deadline. Two huge topics that we have to discuss. Um, so I'm Alex. I'm here with my brother, John. And John, we obviously had a really, really fun trade deadline week last week. Uh, there was a few trades going into the week. I think on Tuesday, we had the the Pacers and Kings trade uh, Tyrese Halliburton for DeMontis Bonus, among other players. We had a Norman Powell deal where the, the Blazers were unloading him, sending him to the Clippers, and there were maybe a few other ones. But, of course, the big one that we all had circled, I had been you know peppering our NBA group chat with um, screenshots of What's ESPN trade machine. What's going on, Dragovich getting dropped by the Raptors, right? Yes, we're traded to Spurs. That's the one. No, that wasn't it, John. It actually was um, a few variations of a Ben Simmons trade. Now, I had one where they would trade Simmons for Harden, and they would also be giving up Danny Green and Seth Curry. I had other ones where I included Paul Millsap going to Philadelphia. I had other ones where I had Simmons getting traded to Bradley Beal because I think the Wizards at this point should probably blow it up, especially since he's out for the season and he can opt out this season and be a free agent. But out of all those, there was a few that I had that were correct, that were you know pretty similar to the one that actually happened. And it was the Brooklyn Nets will receive Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first round picks. One of them is protected and Philadelphia will receive James Harden and Paul Millsap. John, what do you what do you think? I have very strong opinions on this trade. I'm glad it happened. I think it should have happened. I think it made sense for both teams. I also think that as a Heat fan, this is not good for us. But John, what, what were your takeaways from that trade? Yeah, I think the Heat fan instinct is the one that hits me first. And I'm like, shoot, the East really was wide open this year. You know, Embiid was killing it. I'd give him MVP. It's right, it's him or Jokic. But the Sixers didn't have enough to, to, to get out of the East. You know, the Bucks have come in a little bit slow start the year. We still think they're probably the one team, I think, that would they're probably still the favorite. And then there's the KD, Kyrie, Harden, just, you know, clusterfuck, for lack of a better term. Like, <laughs> what are they? Like, we didn't know. Kyrie's playing half the games. Harden, you know, got, you know, fat and is like now – He's not as good as he was and the whole foul rule changes. Katie's still putting up 30 a game. Then he gets hurt. So it's like Nets aren't going to make it out. So really it's like, who are you most confident in the East, right? You got the Bucks there, Giannis and the team's back together. Once Brooke Lopez comes back and they, they're healthy, they'll be ready for the playoffs to make their run, uh, you know, to, to win back-to-back rings. After that, I'm like, give me the heat. You know, Tucker's been an insane role player. To add. He's been awesome. He filled that Jay Crowder role in even a better way than Crowder did two years ago when we made it to the, uh, to the finals. Butler, Jimmy, Lowry, Hero have all missed time. I'm um, Butler. I'm sorry. Butler and Bam. They've all missed time. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they've all missed time. And the Heat are still with the number one seed. Spose coaching in the All-Star game uh, for Team Durant. Unfortunately, I wish it was Team LeBron said. <laughs> but, you know, all that being said, now – we really took two of the, you know, mid-tier teams, playoff teams, I would say, and they swapped players that just made sense for them to swap, and they're just better now. Simmons fills with everyone the holes that everyone's been saying about this Nets team, defense. He's going to play defense. Like, to me, it's like if he can just try and be 
like you know 2013 2014 Blake Griffin 2015 Blake Griffin like 2015 2015 set set picks Blake was actually he had some good handles he made some plays when it handles and he and he's a good passer Blake Griffin's always been a good passer the one thing I think was Blake was probably like a better a much better shooter like he could at least hit hit baseline J's and occasionally let the three fly whatever you know so Blake was if he can be like that with Kyrie and KD and he's oh no another thing will be a he's he's the he could be the best defensive player in the NBA right that's something that Blake you could see would say was solid but was not that so okay Nets I'm not counting them out the Kyrie situation they still need to figure out they need to figure out what's going to happen. Is Kyrie hey, gonna... I mean, maybe John, they, there might be nothing to figure out. It, it might just be all right. New York lifts its its you know mask or whatever vaccine exactly. mandates because you know well, COVID becomes less of an issue. They need to like start lobbying. It's really the... a public health thing. It's not even a basketball <laughs> thing at this point. They need to start lobbying because I'm sure they're they're the one team that's suffering from this, which is it's crazy that he's unable to play home games, but he's gonna he's gonna play half the game. There was a funny meme that was like. Oh, they're they have the best big big two point five in the league because it's not a big three, of course. Yeah. So that's the best side of things. And then you add Harden, you pretty much you take what the Sixers have done this year, and they're only a couple games out of the, the one spot too. They've been really good with Embiid, and you know Tyrese Max has been awesome, and you know the role guys. You pretty much swap Seth Curry and Harden for what they've done this year. Because think about it, Ben Simmons was not contributing anything this year. He didn't have it. He didn't show up. Except he just re- refused to jump in that defensive, uh, that yeah. defensive drill. <laughs> and to me, this is the biggest thing of it all. Embiid, it, like he's a killer and he wants to win. And I think I don't, I would be surprised if Harden and Embiid didn't get along. I think Harden well, Harden wants to win. So if Harden he does want to win, and John, and Embiid, hold on, wait, let me finish. And Embiid wants to play with a great player after how sick he is of not playing with another guy that wants it. You know, with. With everything he went through with Simmons, he loved Butler. I think you look, he's probably oh, looking he at Jimmy. But Jimmy, Jimmy's built different. The, Harden and exactly. Jimmy are pretty, are quite different they players. Are. They are different. But just to, to finish this, what I'm saying, they're two and a half games out of the one seed. You swap Seth Curry with James Harden. And Bede's going to keep pushing that foot uh, to the pedal. Hopefully he stays healthy, doesn't get hurt. But this is the biggest factor for James Harden. He's back with Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey might be the biggest James Harden fan in the you world. You know, it's not even a question. There's got to be no one on earth who loves James Harden. Yeah. Maybe James Harden's mom and then Daryl Morey. That's that's it. Yeah, that's the James list. Harden himself. But other than yeah. that, it's Daryl Morey, who is the GM, of course, for the Rockets, who, who did their whole Morey ball, you know, offense that was really just centered around Harden doing two things, getting free throws, shooting threes. And if Harden got double to isolation, whatever, a lot of isolation. Right, a lot of isolation, and if Harden somehow got the ball out of his hands to find an open three-point shooter like P.J. Tucker or Eric Gordon or even CP3 when, when he was on a team too, who's playing off-ball more. So to me, Harden being back with Maury is like, like, all right, cool. Like, he's already bought in. There's no like, oh, we got to get Harden to buy into Steve Nash, and, he, you know, they got to get, you know, Harden to buy into playing with Kyrie, and there's none of that. Har- Maury is his guy. Maury has been on yeah. a record saying Harden should have more MVPs than he has hard we're going to look back in you know 30 years from now we're going to look back at the numbers and we're going to say wow you know harden was much better than we all you know made so he's preaching the gospel of james harden and i think because of that harden's going to be on board so now you look at that team shoot i might even say that team looks better than the bucks kevin o'connor of the ringer actually did he said that if he had to pick the east right now he says the sixers are the team to beat and mm-hmm. i think you know, with the pick and roll 
with the scoring, you can really do anything with that team. And so, yeah, bad luck for the Yeah, Heat. so definitely. I think it's very rare that you get two teams both gunning for a championship and they swap superstar or not super. You, I won't call Ben Simmons a superstar, but they stop, you know, very high caliber players in this fashion and both get better. You know, it's a, it's a very weird, I would say, you know, unusual, unprecedented trade that we just saw take place um, on the Harden side of things. You know, it's a bad look for him. It's a bad look for what happened when he forced his way out of Houston, who he had been with them for a while. He had, you know, he definitely had some flame outs in the playoffs. He didn't deliver when he, I think he could have performed better in the playoffs. And then he forces out of there. Okay, whatever. I think at this point, every NBA star is doing it, right? He, he showed up fat. He was at the strip club. He, he you know, he, he just didn't care, right? Didn't care. And now you go to the, the, the Nets. All right, he's going to be happy. He's playing with Kyrie and KD. And then, of course, Kyrie's situation is crazy. KD's injured. All of a sudden, we're seeing more, you know, compilations of his him getting lost on defense and just blatantly not trying on defense. And he's still looking a little bit heavy. Now it happens. Forces the trade again, which, you know, on both sides for Simmons and Harden, if the other situation didn't exist, Neither of these guys get traded. I truly believe that. Like, this is a perfect storm. It was honestly like lightning in a bottle for those two guys. But they, they got what they wanted. And now we're seeing pictures of Harden in practice. And he looks he looked kind of skinny. He did not look as big as he just did a few days ago. Uh, you know, people on Twitter are making jokes. He's a shapeshifter. Um, but then, you know, on the, on the Ben Simmons side of things, John, I've actually always been an advocate for him. I think PV gets too much hate. I think he's very good at a lot of things on the basketball court. One of them happens to be the thing that you might want someone to do the most of. But, you know, we don't hit on other guys for not having, like, you know, like other, like if some guys can't pass, right, no one's like, oh, they can't pass. That's also a big aspect of the game. So I think when when you're Simmons, who's a great defender, he's a very good passer, he can rebound the ball. Now you're, you're playing with two of the best shooters in the game, maybe if they can get their other players back healthy. They also still have Seth Curry, who, you know, I think Brooklyn, honestly, I think Brooklyn won the trade, John, if we had to pick a winner because Harden this summer is going to, he's, he opted in, but he'll be eligible at some point to ask for a four year, like something in between 200 and $230 million, which is about $50, $50 million a year, John, for a guy who's not just on the wrong side of 30, but he's, he's getting, you know, deep into his thirties. So now if you're the, if you're the Nets, you get a much younger player who's, in my opinion, he's a distressed asset. You know, he hadn't played in a minute. He had his whole situation with Embiid. He obviously, Doc Rivers kind of threw him under the bus. That was a situation that contributed to him not wanting to play. So I think that the Nets won the trade because you also got them to give you two first-round picks and Seth Curry. I agree. Now, this doesn't mean that I don't think the Sixers can win at all. I put $5 on them to win the title. I, I like these $5 uh, long shot bets. Five dollars yeah, on them yeah. to win the title. I would, be, I would do it as well. The odds are well, probably... John. John, I did it before they made the trade. I was anticipating they made the trade. The odds went from plus fourteen hundred to now they're plus six hundred. So, so it's funny you know, because that was me last year. I was the one staying, but this is when Harden was still on the Rockets, where yeah. I was like, "Give me the long shot for the Sixers. They got Simmons and Embiid. Like they're gonna. They're, these are two young studs. Like I want to see them make it back. And if it doesn't work out." Then they make the Harden trade, and then my odds are going to get, you know, small are, are going to get even better. Um, so yeah, I had that last year, but that's good that you're doing it. It's, it is yeah. funny though. I think that trade could have happened where Simmons went to the Rockets, and now it happened, 
except after Harden had already gone to the Nets. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And this, you know, opens up. I think we'll, we're going to talk about this a little bit in, in a minute about just kind of superstars and being unhappy and everyone wants out and kind of this, this you know, uh, instant gratification, attention deficit era that we live in. We in, are included in this. You know, we want everything immediately. We want Uber Eats ordered to our door. Um, we want to stream whatever movie we want. We want like everything now has become so instantaneous and there's no, you know, I think anytime we're uncomfortable now, we're trained that like, that's not okay. That shouldn't be right. So any of the times these NBA superstars are just a little bit, I mean, who knows, who knows how much, how uncomfortable Harden was or how uncomfortable Kyrie was in Boston or Ben Simmons. Now there's the mental health aspect. We, we don't, the truth is we don't know. And I think clearly there's a big difference. Maybe it starts with LeBron in 2010 going to, to Miami. Maybe it was even, you know, there was bolstered by Kevin Durant going from a pretty good situation in OKC to like the best case, uh, case scenario in Golden State and then still wanting to jump ship after that. So it's kind of this, this thing where in a weird way, I feel like I'm going on kind of a long tangent here, but in a weird way, we have two sides of the NBA. We have all these guys who are jumping ship every few seasons, it feels like. And then you have the guys like Giannis who signed that big extension. We thought that he might be able to get him. You have Dame Lillard who, you know, I guess he's maybe, he might be on his way out of that camp soon. You have John Moran, who seems like he's in for the long haul. Luca seems like he'll be in for the long haul. I feel like I'm, there's another young player that I'm forgetting. But there's, oh, Jokic. Jokic doesn't care. Jokic is putting up ridiculous stats. He's in the MVP conversation. He's a top four player in the league, if not top two or three. And he doesn't care. He's in Denver with, you know, playing with whoever he's playing with amid all these injuries. So we have those guys. Then we have the guys who are jumping ship. It, it's, it's definitely making it interesting. And I feel like, John... In the NFL, where we're kind of, it seems like it's very fun to talk about, you know, the the on-field product. In the NBA, I think, I feel like we are always more geared towards talking about, like, the off-court stuff, right? It's like a reality TV show. Um, it is. So, it is. yeah. Anyway, I think I have a question for you, John, now. All right. As a Heat fan, well, you know what? Actually, let's segue into our winners and losers, and, I, and I'll ask you this question. So, Let's do our winners and losers of the trade deadline, John. And I'm going to open up and I'm going to say a loser is the Miami Heat. Okay. And in saying that, I actually have a question. So when Shams reported that the Nets and Sixers finalized the trade to send Harden for Simmons, I retweeted it and I said Heat in five. Okay. Of course I was going to do that. It's, it's Heat Twitter. I'm a Heat fan. I got to, you know, I got to do it for the culture. But now you look at it. Now you look down the line. All right. Let's look at, all right. The, look at the, let's look at the East. Milwaukee Bucks just won the, the NBA title. Brooke Lopez, their starting center, who's huge third defense, has only played one game this season. He's been unhealthy. But they added Sergi Baca, who can do a lot of the same things that Brooke Lopez does. And if Brooke Lopez can come back, you know, that's good. So the Bucks improved, I think, at the deadline. The Nets, they got rid of Harden. I think they improved at the deadline. Obviously, KD Health and Kyrie vaccine situation, that's something else. But those two teams... On paper, they're as good as anyone in the NBA, in my opinion. Then you go to the Sixers, and Bede is the MVP right now, in my opinion. And they just added James Harden, a guy who he's never played with anyone of that caliber, uh, and Bede has not. You look at the Cavs, who somehow are still, you know, top four, whatever, in the East. I think they're top three. And they have a, a fun young team. They added Karis LeVert, who's all already been, you know, playing well for them. Miami, 
We obviously haven't been fully healthy this season. If we get healthy, maybe we add Al Depot, who that's that might be like our fucking trade deadline acquisition. Exactly. Um, if we can add him, we'll improve. So that's good for us. Chicago's also got some guys injured. When you look at Lonzo Ball, Alex Crusoe, even Pat Williams, I don't know if they can if these guys are gonna come back, but if they can, they're also a team to be worried about. Guess who else, John? I haven't mentioned the team that has Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, just added. Uh, Derek White, who he does a lot of the same things as Marcus Smart, but I think they, I do wow. think they improved. But John, they also they won eight straight games, so you have to look at Boston and say, okay, they're they're not they're not nothing anymore. Like a few weeks ago, I thought they were nothing. Now they're 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 making a run. Toronto, they won, they also won eight straight games, and they they just lost the last two. But Toronto's a good young team still. So those are eight teams I think that I mentioned in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they should be in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And guess who I didn't mention? I didn't mention the Charlotte Hornets, who are a few games behind the Nets, actually, in the nine seed. They're going to be the play-in. And yeah. the Hawks. So those teams I'm not worried about in the playoffs. My point is there are 10, you know, decent and pretty talented uh, teams in the East. And I know I just said I was going to ask you a question, and then I went through a long soliloquy. But my question to you, John, is this. How do you feel as a Heat fan? And if you had to right now pick who would make the Eastern Conference Finals, who would you pick? So this is the thing. This is the most important thing. You went down, you named all these teams. You talk about like who kind of seems like they have a better, like, oh, the, the Bucks are defending champs. And now the Sixers are kind of like the number two behind them because they have the, you know, they got the hardened trade, whatever. And the Nets, forget all that. Look at this seeding. We haven't cared the past few seasons about seeding, right? What seed were we last year when we lost, we got struck by the Bucks? We were the sixth seed, right? There were, and there mm-hmm. were three. Yeah, there were the three. Before that, where were we when we go to the finals? We were a five, five. seed. We didn't care, right? We got our guns this year, though, and we're still an underdog. We don't care. We don't need to be a six seed or a five seed to be an underdog. But we're like, a one seed. Get the one seed. We're still the underdog. You know, honestly, I, I would say this: Phoenix Suns. I would say are much. They're much better than us. They're forty six and ten. They're ten games above us. We're, we're the one seed in the East. They're the one seed in the West, and they're ten team games. They're ten games above us. Okay. But similarly, the media doesn't care to talk as much about the Suns because it's not fun that they're being dominant. It's not fun to talk about the Heat who have been winning with a bunch of like G League dudes and Butler and Bam in and out, whatever. The Heat had the one seed. We need to get it this year. We need to prioritize that. We need to rest PJ Tucker. Don't burn him out, you know, at 35, age 36, however old he is. Don't don't burn him out. But we need to get the one seed because that's going to, that's going to help in a big way. Hopefully, though, we see that like the Sixers and the Bucks get the two seed, the three seed, and we can avoid those two teams. Those are the two teams I want to avoid. Right now, those two teams are the four and the five seed. So technically, if the playoffs started today, we would face the winner of that matchup in the second round, which is ridiculous. So th- that's the thing that's scary about all this, too. We're the one seed right now. Who's the eight seed? The Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> so there's a reality. <laughs> There's a reality in which we face the Nets at the eight seed, one versus eight, and then we face the winner versus the Sixers and Bucks in the second round. And then, I mean, you look at the two versus the three, it almost makes you say, shoot, like the Bulls or the Cavaliers are the two versus the three. And then, you know, the six is the Celtics and the, and the seven is the Raptors. Like, I'd rather almost be playing with those four teams than with the Nets at the eight seed and the four versus the five being the six and the Bucks. So the, the way the East breaks down is going to be important, but I still say we should prioritize getting the one seed. You get it, win as many games as possible. And if let's say you need to do a little turbo tank and give the Bulls the one seed with the last four games of the season. I don't know if that works, John. I'm scared. 
I'm just saying, if it doesn't seem like the Sixers and the Bucks are going to, you know, get out of there, out of the four or five seed matchup, then, then shoot, avoid that. You cannot face one of those teams in the second round. And you cannot face also the Nets as an eight seed. So the whole play-in situation too, maybe the Nets get the seven seed. It's it's scary to see, but well, the Nets, said, if there's a play-in, I'm, I'm assuming the Nets will be able to win that game and end up jumping to the right. side. So. so that's my, I guess my point there is too, is like, you almost just, you need to put your head down, you need to win games. And however the, the seeding breaks down, it breaks down. And you hope that you're going to play like the Hornets or the Hawks at the eight seed, if you're the one seed. But Go for that's my, so that's my thing that, for the that, yeah, and that, that's probably not gonna happen either. So. What I pick right now, I'm gonna stick with I would say Milwaukee getting out. I'm gonna probably throw 10 bucks in the heat and 10 bucks on the Sixers. Oh, right? I already did. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna hop on that wagon too, but I think that the Heat have a shot, but it's gonna be tough. Like, I would much rather see the Bulls, see the Cavs, or the even the Raptors, like the Cavs and the Raptors. We haven't beaten them this year. They beat us twice, actually, both of them. But at the same time, like, we were injured in those. Like, Butler missed both those games, I think, for the Cavs. And the Raptors, we, we weren't fully healthy. So I'm not worried about those teams in the playoffs, even though they beat us in regular season. I do not want to see the Sixers or the Bucks. Okay, I agree with you. I think – I think there's – I've been saying there's four juggernauts in the East. Bucks, Sixers, Nets, and I've thrown the heat in there. I think if I'm actually looking at it objectively, you have to favor those three teams over us because they have Giannis and Bede and Kevin Durant, three of the top four players or five players in the NBA. And our best player is Jimmy. And we obviously are a more, I would say, deep team. Um, but I think looking at even what happened, John, in the NFL playoffs, like the Bengals, you know, they, they kind of like got the right matchups and somehow they, they made it to the Super Bowl. They obviously faced the Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs fell apart in the second half. It's not seven game series though too. It's not seven game series, but in the same way, like if you, if you let's look at it, let's look at the heat. All right. If we, if we, let's say we play like, you know, the Raptors in the first round and then second round, we only, we somehow end up playing like just based on the seating, there's John, there's three games between two and a half games between the one seed and the five seed. And then there's only seven games between the one and the eight. So like a lot of these, especially over the next, you know, half of the season are going to get shuffled up. And so let's say the heat go against the Raptors in round one Cavs in round two. And now in round three, we're playing, um, you know, Milwaukee. Like, I think we can beat Milwaukee. Can we beat, can we beat Philadelphia? I think we beat Philadelphia. If the nets make it and something happens similar to last year where Kyrie's injured or Katie's in, we can beat them too. So like, while it's actually a bloodbath and I'm kind of saying the Heat are a loser of the trade deadline because nearly every team in the East that we care about got better. I definitely, I'm still, I'm still feeling confident, but you're right. We should absolutely. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. I, I would say I have a healthy uh, fear. You know, you have to be, you have to be afraid of those teams, but I'm not jumping ship just yet. Like I was, oh. I'll say I was, I'll, I'll wait until our seating. Once like last year, once we played against, you know, our seating was uh, – our path would have been, like, Milwaukee, uh, Brooklyn, and Philly. I was like, it's not happening for us this year. So, we'll wait till the seating happens, and then, I, and then I'll make my actual um, – I'll, I'll maybe jump ship on, on, on our, our finals prospects. So, that's our first loser. John, do you want to give me a winner of the deadline? Yeah. So, I actually would say – this is just random going off all the contention talk. But I would say the Indiana Pacers – and although they got rid of Sabonis, I think the problem with Sabonis was you say that's a lose. 
he was a win now guy though. However, <clears throat> they just got Tyrese Halliburton, who is 21 years old, is shooting incredibly from three. I don't have exact numbers in front of me. It's like 40 something percent. I think he's like 40% on, on his catch and shoot threes and, mm-hmm. and his, on his off the dribble threes. He's also shooting like, a, I think off the dribble, I think I want to say he's shooting like top three in the league percentage wise, 21 years old. He's like 11th in assists, right? So this dude's a stud. The other night, let me just say, yeah, this was just stat line last night. Okay. They lost. So good. They're losing. They're still tanking. They're going to still tanking it out. But 22 points and 16 assists in 41 minutes. Mm-hmm. He's 21 years old. He's younger than you and me, Alex. So <laughs> the fact that they pulled him off of it, yet who else did they get out of that trade? Buddy Heald, another great three-point shooter, right? They got him from it. And they still got a, you know a young talented team. I mean, we'll see what happens. With they have the- they have Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon's but, still there. They have Chris Duarte, I think is his name. He's that young rookie who I haven't watched, but he, every time I look at the stats, he's somehow you know right. doing work. So I, I kind of think you know on our last episode we talked about oh the AF you know people it used to kind of look like oh you know the the AFC is just Tom Brady's you know conference and then he'll play the Falcons, the Seahawks, the the Rams, like whoever each year, right? It kind of looked like, or the Eagles, it kind of looked like the NFC was the more league with parity. But now you look at it, it's 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 same thing in in um in basketball. Whereas like now it's flipped in, in football. The AFC looks way more stacked. In basketball, it's the same thing. You'd say it used to be always the West. The West is way more loaded. LeBron can never win out West. Now you look at the East. The East is more loaded, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so. As a it, it, now, I'm talking about the Pacers. This team might end up being good next year too. If if they yeah, if, I, I mean, I thought I thought they'd be good this year. You know, there's yeah. a team that I still I still like their, right. their team they have on pieces. paper. DJ Warren's injured. Malcolm Brogdon's injured. They just got Buddy Heal. They just got Tyrese Halliburton. Who knows? Maybe they'll draft uh, what's his name, the guy who crashed his car on Duke that we just watched. <laughs> oh, um, what's his name? Paulo Banchero. Yeah, I mean, dude, that'd be that'd be insane. I want to go on the record because I said this when they had Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley, to me, I said, I don't know what position he's going to play. He's not really a, a rim-running center, and he's not really like a stretch power forward. Wait, you're seeing him at Banchero? No. I'm saying that's what Bagley looked like. I've only watched one no. game of Banchero, and he was playing against – He's not Bagley. He's, he's definitely not – He's not a good shooter. He's definitely not a good shooter yet, or I would say three-point shooter yet. And even like – it's not like he's shooting a lot of mid-range, but – I mean, I was sitting courtside, and well, this is a quick aside, and we were at the BC game, BC Duke game. I was sitting courtside because I got there extremely early. Okay. And he's big. He's a he's a big, big dude. He's big. big he's six ten. Is he gonna play center though? No, John. Come on. I mean, look how much, how many big guys do we have in the league like that? Like he. My point is this: it's the same thing I said with Marvin Bagley, and I'm glad. I hope in a year from you don't now, even, you have no idea. I mean, you have, you don't even know. It's not like you no, knew anything about Marvin Bagley it's either. I test. I was like, he's six ten. He's really big. Like. What what position is he playing? I don't like he's he's not Anthony Davis. He's right? a four. He's not, not. No, he's not, bro. He's more he's of not. like a. I I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. The Marvin Bagley on no, the record. Not. Okay. Okay. All right. But fine. Good. Side Get aside. Exposed. Let's say. I wish Eli say, was here to expose you because I don't know enough about Ben Chero anyway. No, nah, he'd be raving about Chet Holmgren, like the super skinny dude. <laughs> 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 all right a lot of takes so this draft is gonna suck then Dom. yeah this draft is gonna suck all bust so i guess that, that doesn't bode well for my, <laughs> argument. my patient argument is look 
They already got a really good young core. If they get a good draft pick, and I don't know, I'm joking, I'm half joking about Banchero and Holmgren, whatever, um, just because I haven't been watching a lot of college ball. Yeah. Um, but who knows? If they get a nice young stud to throw at this team, Pacers are going to be young guns with Rick Carlisle, championship coach. So Pacers are a winner for me. Yeah, and I think John, I think you know you you wanted to do the Pacers a winner. I wanted to do Tyrese Halliburton as a winner because. You know, and you were saying, well, no, he's upset that he got traded from from Sacramento. That's the best thing that ever happened to him. I mean, if you want to be in Sacramento and you get traded, it's only up from here. It's only up from here. He's going to play for Rick Carlisle, who's won who's won a championship. I mean, and the fact of the matter is, Sacramento might be the worst franchise in sports right now. I think they should relocate. I think they're clearly dysfunctional. They have the longest you know streak without even making the playoffs in the NBA, which is almost shocking. That if you look at every NBA team. You can say over the last five, six, seven, eight years, they've all made the playoffs except for Sacramento. So, um, but two quotes, Tyrese Halliburton wrote uh, an article for the Players' Tribune, two quotes that he had that just, oh man, it, it shook me. He said, he went, he talked about, you know, how he found out he got traded. They said, and that was that from no way to trade it in 30 minutes. I've literally waited longer at Coldstone. Yeah, we waited in line longer at Coldstone than that. Um, and the next one was, uh, he said, if you ask his Sacramento teammates, which guy on this team most wants to be in Sacramento long-term, everyone would have said me. If you're a Kings fan, that's just a dagger to you. That's a dagger to your heart. Um, and he was crying, you know, I, I, who knew, man, anyone would cry yeah. after being traded away from Sacramento, but definitely very likable guy. He was definitely their best asset. I'm still, I, I do enjoy De'Aaron Fox, but who, I don't, I think Halberton's upside is, yeah, really shout, shout out our good friend from high school, Kurt Carlson. He's somehow still a Sacramento Kings fan, and he's also I a Detroit Lions fan. He might be. He might be a a free agent though, John. He, did. he, he said this is it. After all the pain that Sacramento Kings have caused him in his, you know, in his twenty two year old lifetime, he said he might actually finally have to hop on uh, off the wagon. So, Kurt, yeah. come to the Heat. You're from Miami, bro. Well, I don't know why you're a Kings fan. Okay, so. Recap on our winners and losers. We had Miami Heat as a loser. We had the winner as Hal Burton and the Pacers. I'll do another winner, John. Winner, unhappy superstars. They are kind of really in control. I mean, we talk about player empowerment era. This is this is one of the biggest, you know, like gold stars for if you're someone who's really like player empowerment guy. I mean, Harden forced his way out of now his second situation, which is like, I don't know. He's getting paid millions of dollars. He can opt out this summer. He's going to be a free agent. And I guess it's the whole pre-agency thing. Somehow he was able to, to leave a team that had Kyrie and KD. Like well, you never hear about that. It never happens. And Ben Simmons, who just, you know, stopped playing basketball for half a season, even though he's in the middle of all, I think he's got four more years on his contract. And Daryl Morey was like, nah, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. And it obviously worked out for Morey as well as Simmons, but Unhappy superstars are a winner of this trade deadline because I don't think anyone has figured out how to like combat it. And I think a, a few takes I've been hearing, you know, on different podcasts and things like, all right, this is too much. Like, I think it's coming to a point where like, this is an issue. How can, how can like the league, you know, change it? Um, Cause I mean, I don't know, John, would you say it's like affecting you know, your interest or the encore product. I, I still think, you know, we just talked about how deep the East is and how fun the East will be and a large, in large part, that's due to player empowerment. Right. So 
I don't know. Do you think it's do you think it's it's negatively affecting the league while it's yeah, you know so, helping all these unhappy superstars? I think it's the thing. I think we got to bring back we got to bring back Eli to talk about this with, uh, with me because I have he's been replacing me in past few episodes that I haven't been on. But I think him and I see this very differently. He's a very much an on the court. I just want to watch hoops. Like I I watch the WNBA. I I watch the G League. I watch college. Like whatever. He's kind of more <laughs> like that. And I am very much a person who I admit this. I'm very much into the narrative. Like I could miss. We like, all I are. Have, yeah. Humans. Well, human. All humans love story stories. That's all. It's storytelling. It's the narratives. It's some more than others. Like I could miss watching. You know, a couple of weeks of basketball. But I'm I'm still paying attention to like all the little stories, which of course I mean everyone does if if they're busy and they can't catch a few games, whatever. But my point is I'm very much into this narrative stuff. So for me, I think it always keeps things interesting. Like at least the league, I would say, is more interesting because, you know, you're gonna tell me you'd rather see Damian Lillard stay with the Blazers than get traded for Russell Westbrook and four future draft picks. The <laughs> Never but, happening. The Lakers could do that, but like. I want to see that. I want to see LeBron be more fun. And forget, maybe people are going to convince me, oh, you're just being a LeBron like guy, whatever. Okay, fine. Any pick another team in there. Dame to go play or Luka. even even New York. Even if Dame went to New York, I New York. I, I like New York. I, I I want to see like I like the storylines or whatever. So for me personally, and I'm an NBA fan, like you know through and through, it's not going to affect me. The common fan, it's interesting, you know. So just thinking about like maybe our friends who are more peripheral basketball fans it's like oh wait james harden what like like i think actually my our, our roommate jason was like oh rock he's i thought he was on the rockets like what like he he doesn't really pay attention to the nba as much he like knows the big names and stuff but i remember i was like oh james harden just got traded to the sixers like he was he he missed like james harden for the past year being on the nets just, which, which makes yeah. sense if you're not yeah I mean, was, that's how quick of a turnaround it was you know so i think th- there's that i think i think as long as you have a few of the teams as long as you have the you know, the, the Golden State teams, the Warriors, you know, you're going to have you're going to have the teams that are moving around. But I think it also looks good. Like, look at the, the Suns right now. That's because Chris Paul was able to, to you know, get a few trades here and there. Um, you know, the big blockbuster OKC, Paul George and Chris Paul's OKC. And then he gets swapped now to Phoenix. And so I think I guess my point is, I don't think it's horrible for the league. I think I think I also heard this though. Bill Simmons said this. David Stern would never have allowed that Ben Simmons situation to happen. Like Adam Silver is kind of a little bit enabling it to an extent. And kind of like what you're saying, these unhappy. He's definitely more of a player's players commissioner than like David Stern was. They're a little more entitled, like, oh, I'm just going to go wherever. James Harden, he's the worst of it. But I don't think (laughs) guys are that bad. I I do think it makes the league more interesting because what if Kawhi had stayed in San Antonio? What have they done since then? What if? Hey, I mean, you. I don't think you can assume. Like, you, it's the same yeah. as like. Look at the Grizzlies. Like the Grizzlies. Even if you look at their roster, it's not like their rosters that. Are you going to pick the Grizzlies to come out of the West, Alex? Are you? Gonna no, I it? won't. But I might pick Phoenix, who they also, you know, has in. They built. Okay. They, they built, but then they added. They added. They added Chris Paul. So whatever. My it's, point. I think I do think we have more contenders because before this, you're right. I mean, I mean, there's more talent. I think there's more talent in the league. I'll say this in 2017. How much more talented is the league now than it was in 2017? I would say it is because yeah, Giannis, I think so. Luca has arrived, like all these younger guys are there. But at the same time, I'm like, 2017, the league was in 18, it was like or Cavs Warriors. We literally had ca- four years straight of Cavs versus Warriors. <laughs> like, come on. That's also that also has to do with player empowerment, though. 
It did, but I think this one's a little better because I'm saying that was more the free agency player empowerment. Like, oh my God, LeBron went mm. wherever he wanted, KD went wherever he wanted. Now it's like, it really doesn't matter. Go sign no. the five-year extension. You can just get a trade wherever you want and go play with but, you Yeah, and that I think that's a little much. I think I think when you sign that that many years for that much money, like you should be in. And obviously on the other side, it doesn't go both ways because we saw Blake Griffin sign it and then get traded. And that was kind of a sad thing that happened. But like now these NBA players just want to jump ship and it's, yeah. it's very, it's very different. And the worst part yeah. is that it does favor the LA's the, the Brooklyn's the Phillies, the teams that have these, like if you have Simmons, you can swap them for Harden. You know, if like the, you get, that's my point, like the, the, the Lakers and the Clippers are always going to be in the mix. Like, I don't know what OKC or like or Sacramento. Well, they gotta build. They gotta they gotta build differently. They gotta draft, and they have yeah, done a good job. And we'll yeah, see. I, I said. But you look. I, I mean, you look. There's been a lot of teams that have been able to do it like that, like 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 the Grizzlies, like the Cavs. You know. Right. So yeah, anyway, Cavs are still doing it. So I guess then, yeah, that's my answer. I don't think it's horrible for the league now. Yeah. Well, anyway, John, I have a meeting in a few minutes, but I know we had one loser left in the list. So why don't you give me like 60 seconds on why you think LeBron is a loser for this trade deadline? Oh, all right. I'll just talk about the last four games for the Lakers. So oh my God, that's not gonna I, take 60 seconds. <laughs> I, I, I bet on the Lakers four games ago, goes to overtime versus the Knicks. You know, that was a fun game. There was, a, you know, a big comeback. Lakers end up pulling it off. All right. I'm like, all right, they got some momentum. AD and LeBron played well. They benched Westbrook at the end of the game. They get clapped by the Bucks a couple days later. Then they lose a demoralizing game against the Blazers. How? This Blazers team just stripped their whole team naked. Did LeBron, <laughs> did LeBron, did LeBron play that game? No, I don't know if he did. Yes. He did? LeBron and AD both played. Yes. And Westbrook didn't, actually. So LeBron had 30, seven and seven, right? It was the whole game where everyone thought he was oh, fine. Yeah. 27, seven and seven. So <laughs> they just got, the, the Blazers were stripped naked, trading away all their assets and they lose to Afrini Simons, okay? And now, last, now they have, they have an opportunity, right? Every game you can convince yourself, talk yourself into it. They have an opportunity to beat the Warriors, okay? And what happens? LeBron goes to the free throw line. He needs to knock down three free throws to, to tie the game, go to overtime. Somehow, if the Lakers, that's momentum. They're the nine seed, whatever, beat the second team in the West, and they lost. I, to me, I think all hope is lost. Like, they didn't make a big move. I don't know where they go from here. But I said this. The Westbrook contract is the worst contract in the NBA. Why? Not because the contract sucks, but because the player with the contract sucks. Because you can't just bench that. <laughs> and now they're finally doing it. So maybe they can figure it out. Maybe they sneak in into playing, but then guess what? You're going up against a juggernaut. You're going up against either, you know, the, the your seven seed, and you're going up against the two seeded Warriors. Not going to happen with Clay Thompson being back. He just had thirty the other night. Or you're going to go up against the Suns, who we haven't talked about. We're playing into the whole <laughs> narrative that no one talks about the Suns, but the Suns are really freaking good. And I, I don't think, think that's a narrative, though. I don't think is it. No one really talks about them. But I don't know about like that. First thing where everyone respects them, but no one talks about them. Whatever. Okay. So I think they're kind of screwed. I mean, the best case scenario, get the six seed. I don't know how. Let me see how many games out of the six seed. There's six games out of the six seed. So they could pull it off. Post all-star break, you got to win 10 straight games or whatever. Let's see LeBron and Anthony Davis do it. But again, like I said, you're losing the Blazers. You're losing 
all these close games. You have overtime to beat the Knicks. There hasn't been one good stretch of the Lakers season this year, John. And and if they got the six seed, then you could talk yourselves into it. All right, they're going to play the Grizzlies. This team's young. LeBron versus job. Give me LeBron in the playoffs. He doesn't care yeah. about home court, whatever. But I don't know. I think all hope is lost. I don't know what happens next year. I And now people are just crapping on LeBron for I, – I, I don't think it should be interpreted as bad when he said, hey, the Rams, Dodgers, and Lakers should all have a parade together. And yeah, everyone's hating on them. So things don't look good for LeBron right now. Hopefully in the end, and all said is done. He passes Kareem, and this is just a little footnote on his, uh, you know, his incredible career. But things are not looking good. All right, John. I think you did you did a good job squeezing five minutes into sixty seconds. That that was good there. But uh, I do have to run. So yeah, crazy to trade deadline. Um, this was our fifty first episode of Double Take. Technically fifty because we did it in two and one. But uh, you know, it was a good time, John. Thank you, everyone, for listening. John, please uh, feel better. Stay, stay well over there at Pine Manor. And have a good one. Go eat. <laughs>